Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Well, we're glad that you joined us again as we continue our, continue our series on Cover to Cover. And um, I want to talk to you today from the book of Second Chronicles. Now, we've raised uh, three sons. And if you're a parent, you know that you can have as many personalities as you can have children. And when we just had two sons, uh, we discovered fairly early on in their lives just how different they were. I remember one time in particular, we were living in a, a smaller community and you had to drive about three, three and a half hours to get to the big city. And um, we discovered that one of our kids was really flexible and the other one, not so much so. And so here's what happened, was probably on the Friday night, we said, hey, um, tomorrow you get to play in your playroom with your toys. And then something came up, probably after they went to bed, and we decided, ah, no, nah, let's go to the big city instead. We'll do that tomorrow. Kids can stay home another day. So they wake up and we're like, okay, you know what? Slight change in plans. We're going to go into the big city today. Well, the, the one son is grabbing his jacket and heading for the door. And, you know, okay, let's go. And the other one says, hold it. You said that I could play in my playroom today. And we're like, yeah, but we're going to go into the city. We had a change in plans. This has come up, that's come up, and, and that's what we're going to do today. You can play in the playroom another day. But you said we could play in the playroom today. Yeah, but things have changed, and we're going we're gonna to do this instead. And this conversation went on for quite a while, but you said, this is what you said. You said we're going to play in the playroom today. And I think we probably ended up going to the city, but we had one happy son and one very unhappy son. And realized that you couldn't just throw things at the one. You had to kind of prime him and, and give him a chance to kind of get used to ideas. Over the past several weeks, we've been weaving through the books of the Old Testament as we've been doing this cover to cover series. And we see God's people at their best and we see them at their very worst. Their best is when they're following God and being obedient and their worst is when they're getting into idolatry and they're being rebellious and then they end up losing freedom and going into bondage and having all kinds of terrible things happen. Now it wasn't without knowledge or warning that they would get into trouble. In fact, when the temple was dedicated, God spoke to Solomon. And so, 
In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 to 20, God actually did warn uh, his people. And I want to read this passage of scripture to you. It's a, a few verses. And the first one is, a one is one that's really familiar to us. Whenever you, know, you have a prayer meeting and, and people are talking about revival, you're always going to quote this scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place I've chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever and my eye and heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me as David your father did and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your throne as I covenanted with David your father who, when I said, you shall never fail to have a man to rule over Israel. But if you turn away and forsake the decrees and the commands I've given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from my land, which I've given them, and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name, and I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. And so God actually said when they were dedicating the temple that Solomon uh, built, God actually gave them the warning that he'll bless them if they follow him and uh, he won't if they don't. God said. So let's review some of the history of 2 Chronicles here. It happens in the, about the 5th century BC in a period of time that's covering King Solomon's reign up until the southern kingdom of Judah fell into exile in Babylon in 586 BC. Now, Second Chronicle really is focusing on Judah, on Judah, and it's emphasizing King David's descendants who were ruling over Judah, and it starts with King Solomon, David's son, who followed him. After the fall of the Babylonian Empire, a small group returns and they're intent on rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. And that's written about in Ezra, the book of Ezra. We're going to be going there soon. And they settled once again in the Holy Land. Now they were struggling to survive. They had opposition, but they successfully rebuilt the temple but they were having a bit of a tough time getting their land back. And so why 2 Chronicles? What's, what's the point or the purpose of 2 Chronicles? Well, as I said a moment ago, it begins with, with Solomon establishing his throne and things really start really well for Solomon. Uh, in, in chapter one, verse eight, God's promising Solomon anything he wants. And in verse 10, he asks God for wisdom. And then he builds a temple and we have God speaking following the building of the temple. And that brings us to the scriptures we just read. And basically what God is saying is, if you follow me, I'll bless you. If you don't, you won't be, you won't be blessed. And, and so we have all of these, these things taking place. And, um, and then we have Rehoboam, Solomon's son, following him eventually to become king. And the kingdom then splits. 
and Judah and Israel split apart and the Levites, who was the priestly tribe, sided with Rehoboam and they went to Jerusalem. And now there's this, this ongoing saga of righteousness and sin. We have some kings who are evil, some kings who are good. Some started out bad and they led the sin and the nation into sin. And it should be noted that leaders make a difference. They make a difference in a nation. They make a, 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 they make a difference in companies. Leaders make differences in churches. Leaders make a difference and they can make things better or they can make things worse. In nations, leaders can stem the natural tide of evil or they can accelerate it. Now, there were some, some um, leaders like Manasseh who started out bad at 12 years old, but turned good and actually turned back to God. There were other leaders who did right in the eyes of the Lord. I think of guys like Hezekiah and Josiah. But there's this ongoing theme and cycle in Second Chronicles of good being rewarded and bad being judged. And God said it would be that way. In chapter 7, we, we read about that. And so the takeaway from all of this is that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, over the past several weeks, our hearts really have been broken when we've been faced with the reality of the plight of 215 indigenous boys and girls bodies who have been discovered at a residential school in, in Kamloops. And then following that was this terrible news of a family, uh, a Muslim family being just walking down the sidewalk and just being singled out and run over and killed. And we, we, we feel the suffering and the pain and the hurt inflicted on people and we realize that racism and hatred and division and strife is becoming prevalent in our country. Uncertainty, economic instability. We have become very accustomed to bad news and nations coming undone. We see families, the family under pressure. We see values coming under attack. We see oppression and intolerance. We've lost the ability to, to dialogue and to disagree and to debate. And I don't wanna be a Debbie Downer and intending to wreck your day or depress you, but God has given us a solution and a prescription for all of this bad news. And it's a powerful and effective solution, and it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, Europe for many years, uh, for example, has been known as the dark continent, spiritually dark. On May the 14th, 2021, J. John uh, wrote this article about how Europe's hard ground is breaking up and there's a new receptivity to the gospel that out of 12 million Roma people, a third of them are now Pentecostal believers in Jesus Christ. France, which is uh, the birthplace of modern day atheism, 
has seen the growth of, of born-again believers from 50,000 up to 700,000 in a lifetime. And he reports that the spiritual soil in Europe is, is more promising for the gospel than it's been for generations, perhaps centuries. And so we ask the question, well, what's going on? Well, ultimately, it's the work of God's Spirit. And people are recognizing that secularism is failing. It's failing to explain why the world is the way it is. It's failing to provide guidelines for personal ethics and morality. And it's failing to provide people with a meaning for existence. Like, why am I here? What's life all about? See, the Bible says that people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You see, God can restore our land. He can restore our nation. But he can also restore your own land, your home, your marriage, your life, your brokenness. And so it comes back to Jesus. It comes back to Jesus Christ and what he can do in us and through us. We recognize the importance of prayer. We recognize the power of prayer. We recognize the practice of prayer. And I want to end with this verse and an invitation to you. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. James 5.13. This Wednesday, July the 14th, I'm going to offer you an invitation. We are going to, at Christian Life Church, have a day of prayer. Now, we're not going to be gathering at the church, but we're going to be gathering in, in our homes and wherever we happen to be, and we're going to be seeking God together. If you have a prayer request, would you send it to us to clcwinnipeg.ca, access our website, and we would love to join with you in prayer. Now here's a challenge. I want to ask you to join with us in prayer too. To pray for our nation. For our nation to turn back to God. To pray for personal renewal and personal revival. To pray for homes. To pray for families. To pray for our governments and to pray for our leaders. You know, there's one writer that said, History itself is a call to worship and an invitation to hope. If the struggling community of the Jews and Judah would put God first as, as did godly generations of the past and show their commitment by a similar zeal for worship, the Lord would show his faithfulness to them. And he'll do the same for us today. If we will call upon the name of the Lord, he will show himself to be faithful to us. And I'm thankful today that God blesses righteousness, that God blesses nations and people who follow him and walk with him. And it doesn't have to be the other way, but we can see good from the hand of God as we follow after him. Let me pray with you today. Father in heaven, we come to you and we thank you for the example of Second Chronicles and the challenge that if we who are called by your name will, will humble ourselves and pray, 
and seek your face and repent that you'll hear from heaven, you'll forgive our sin, and you'll heal our country. And I ask, Heavenly Father, that you would hear the people of your, the prayers of your people this, this week as we collectively call out to you, and that you would do some miraculous works in our own personal lives, in our cities, and in our nations. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. And I pray that as you join with us in prayer on July the 14th, that God will really do some wonderful work of renewal in all of our lives. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. God bless you.